All right, here you go, a free pre-roll, but not the kind you can smoke, the kind where we advertise. This episode is brought to you by our friends at SeedsHereNow.com. That's right. Everybody always says, Rasta Jeff, where can we get your seeds? Where can we grab the new drop? The answer is always SeedsHereNow.com. Make sure you check out SeedsHereNow.com for Crypto Wednesdays, James Bean's Vault, and of course, the easy peasy credit card checkout. To catch your latest drops from your favorite breeders, check out SeedsHereNow.com. Welcome back, podcast world. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff. This is episode 739 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to focus on male plant selection. Before I get to that part of the podcast, let's do a few shout outs to a few of the great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to my friend Girls Grow Too. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Mobius Grows. Let's send a fist bump to my buddy Curbside Gardens. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Rasufa and Luke. Let's send a thank you shout out to the Larf Knight Rises and Mr. Mean Green. Let's send a big thank you shout out to S.C. Dung Slinger. Let's send a big thank you shout out to my friends Raymond and Orville. Let's send a thank you shout out to my dude Maverick. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to Dreadlocked Farmer. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And you know I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends. Speaking of show notes and video descriptions, there is an updated link in the video description to get to the new Discord server. That's right, we have changed the Discord server. Many of you have already migrated over to the new server. If you haven't joined us, I do cordially invite you to join the Irie Genetics, Irie Army, uh, Grow From Your Heart podcast Discord server. Come hang out. Also, uh, there was the wrong link was on my website for a moment. Uh, Discord will give you links that do expire. The link on the website accidentally expired. We need to update that. WebDude, if you're watching, remind me to send you a new link. If not, I'll do it as I'm editing the show. There will be a new link posted on the website very soon. We will get that corrected. That way we can get everybody right back on track in the Discord community. All right, I feel like I'm rambling. There's one more thing I should talk about before we get to the main topic of today's podcast. I am recording during a crazy thunder and lightning storm. It started right as I decided to record. It was raining a little bit. I hit record and then we got some major thunder and lightning. So if here's some chaos in the background, uh, it is not World War III to the best of my knowledge out there. Uh, we did take a couple of dabs. It's been a minute since I looked outside, but uh, if you hear some noise, it is just a major thunderstorm. Uh, enjoy that thunderous sound. It is powerful. Shook the whole house, scared the shit out of me. Maybe I'll clip that part out where I almost shit my pants during the thunder. Anyway, if you hear some noise, that's what's happening. I did mention I took some dabs. That's right. Uh, I smoked some live batter of the machine. That's right. A grower in Denver who does not want to be mentioned because you guys will bother him and harass him for too much product. A grower in Denver grew the machine. He was one of the test growers. He got to grow the machine before a lot of people. He found a great phenotype that smells like skunk ass covered in gasoline. Sounds disgusting. I love it. He makes amazing BHO rosin, uh, BHO batter out of it. When I smoke that stuff, I get a little silly. I feel like I get these blinders on. 
feel like there's like tunnel vision or the things they put on the horses so the horse can't look to the side. It just stays focused on the journey. I feel like that happens to me when I smoke that. So uh, big shout out to my friend. He's listening. He's watching. He does not want to shout out. Uh, good work on the machine, bro. Uh, you found a great phenotype uh, and it fucking uh, it extracts, it processes. It turns into great concentrates. That's what I'm trying to say. So uh, the main topic there was it's fucking storming outside. The second part of that was I'm high off the machine. Shout out to the machine. All right. Now I said I was going to talk about male plants in this episode. There's some thunder and lightning. I hope you guys can hear that. We're going to talk about male plants. I am a seed breeder. Many of you may not realize or may not know that not only am I the host of the Grow From Your Heart podcast, I am also the uh, head breeder, the sole proprietor of Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. We make uh, regular uh, feminized and regular uh, seeds are all photo periods. I do not make any autoflower seeds. Uh, there is a collaboration happening with myself and Daz from Night Owl. We are working on a, uh, a, a auto flower project together. Currently, I do not offer that. That is coming in the future. Um, I've said before, I won't make autos. My buddy Daz stepped up. He's going to make some autos for us. Uh, I'm going to help do some selections. That'll be cool. Uh, but I am Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. That's 90% me. I run the Instagram. I'm the, the, the dude for the company. I have some helpers that do a few things, but most of that is me. So let's talk about seed breeding and selecting male plants. A lot of Irie Genetics' success is based on the male plants which I have chosen. I've done a lot of work with a golden goat plant. I did not create the golden goat. I was given the golden goat, uh, the plant, as a gift from a friend that I used to call Pineapple Express. What's up, bro? I hope you hear this. Uh, big shout out to my dude, Pineapple Express. He gave me the clone of Golden Goat. Uh, it had to be 2007, maybe 2008, maybe 2009 at the latest. The memory's a little hazy. I didn't write it down, just trying to pull it out of my ass. It was about 2008, 2009 when I got that Golden Goat clone. I did some reversal breeding with the Golden Goat clone. Everything I, so I reversed the Golden Goat using a solution. It was a female plant, but I used it as a pollen donor, which is technically the same thing I'm doing with the male plant. Everything I did with that reversed Golden Goat was magic. Everything it pollinated was gold. Uh, then I took the gold, took the, I said took, then I took the golden goat and I pollinated that with a daybreaker. I made my own cross called Arise. I made my own Arise S1. Out of that batch of Arise S1 seeds, I found a male in there that was stellar. He's everything I could ask for in a male plant that I was looking for at that time. And we're going to talk about that a lot. Uh, but that Arise male plant got, he's got his own name. He is an Arise F1 plant, but he's got his own name. He is known as King Solomon. So King Solomon has pollinated hundreds of other female plants. If you understand culture, you'll understand why I chose the name Solomon for him. Uh, but King Solomon is a lot of what makes my company successful. People know me for my, know my company for my Arise male. People look for things. If I say I pollinated this plant with Solomon, like I want that, I need those seeds. So Solomon is a very sought after male, a very reliable male plant. Um, now let's talk about what makes a a reliable sought after male plant. Since I'm a breeder, I do a lot of breeding. I'm talking about my success with King Solomon, my successful male. Let's talk about uh, selecting a male plant for your breeding and traits that we would be uh, looking for and traits that would be desirable and how I do a male. Let's just jump right into it. So first of all, it's all about your goal and your desire. What are you trying to do as a breeder, as a seed maker? Are you working with female plants that you want to improve? Do you have an aroma, a flavor, an effect that you were specifically looking for? Some people have uh, physical or mental or other types of ailments which they are trying to cure or mitigate or uh, re find relief from with cannabis. And 
Sometimes we found that this plant does a lot of good things and this plant does a lot of good things, but this plant's missing something and this one's missing something. Maybe if we breed them together, we can put the aroma and flavor from this one and the potency in this one. We'll get the headache relief from this one and the body relief from this one. It may work perfect for some patients, for a specific person. So maybe you're breeding for a specific uh, person's medicine to treat them. Maybe you're breeding for your grow. Maybe you're breeding just because you got this cool idea that if you cross uh, plant A with cross plant B, plant C is going to be fucking stellar. It is all about your goal. What are you breeding for? Also, are you breeding for your personal selection, for your personal, uh, is it a hobby? Is it something, a passion that you're trying to do? Or do you plan on doing this on a commercial level, putting seeds out for retail? It's all about your goal. Most of most of anything in life, if you want to be successful, here I go getting all philosophical, it's all about your goal. Set yourself up for success from the very beginning. That way, when you get to the end, you're happy with the outcome you got there. You didn't have to make all kinds of side paths and do all kinds of weird work. Set yourself up for success from the beginning. So it's all about a good goal with a male plant. Why are you breeding it? What are you trying to do? What are you, what are you intending to achieve with the cross or crosses that you make from this male? Uh, it's like if you're trying to make, um, I'm going to pick random foods here. If we're trying to make lasagna and cake, we need completely different ingredients. If I'm making lasagna and I show up with ingredients for cake, we can't make a successful cake uh, or the opposite. I'm not even sure how I went with that, but you get what I'm saying. If I don't have the right shit, the goal will never be the same. The goal will never be reached. So set yourself up for success. If you're trying to make a short squatty plant that flowers early, a tall skinny male plant will not be the way to go. You need the male plant that is short and squatty and flowers early. So it's all about that goal. Um, then it's all about what am I trying to do? What am I trying to fix or create? Or what's my final destination? That's what it's all about in breeding. So if you've got to pick a male plant that will get you to your final destination, what is the desired shape? Uh, one of the first things we can see in plants is leaf shape and plant structure. By looking at leaf shape, we can kind of get an idea of a lot more of the plant, how it's going to grow. If the leaves are long and skinny, that plant's probably going to get tall. It's going to get kind of lanky. It's going to take a little bit of time to flower. If the leaves are real wide and you can camp out under them and make shade with them, that plant most likely will stay short and stocky and it will finish a little more quickly. Of course, there are anomalies. The OG Kushes make those big leaves and then they take a little while to flower and they get stretchy. There's going to be things in between there, but the leaf shape will give you a hint of what you're looking for. What type of leaf shape are you looking for? You know, if you've grown, if you're breeding, I hope you've grown a lot of plants. Uh, if you're breeding, you know what kind of plants you like. You know what leaf shape you're interested in, what the goal is. So what kind of leaf shape are you looking for? Then what kind of plant structure are you looking for? Uh, I tend to breed, I'm super tall and skinny and lanky. The plants I breed seem to kind of fall that direction. I make tall, skinny, lanky plants. Some of the stuff I breed will be shorter and squattier, but it just depends on what I'm working with. I like plants that can get kind of bigger because a lot of my stuff ends up in a commercial environment. I like plants that grow really tall and make big giant top colas. That's just something I really enjoy. Some breeders want stuff that stays shorter and squattier because their environment or their customers are growing in shorter, squattier environments. So it's all about the desired goal. What is the shape and structure? What is the height? If your plants are going to get too tall, many people can't grow them. If they're going to get uh, too wide, many people can't grow them. So find a male plant that offers the structure which you desire. Uh, the width, the height, 
All of that stuff matters, but also veg time. Do they veg quickly? Are they real slow to veg? When you cut clones, do the clones root well? Because you're going to want to keep this male plant around. If you make crosses with it and it's successful, the next thing you want to do is make more crosses. So you've got to be able to clone this male plant. That trait will also pass to the offspring, that clone ability. So how do they veg? Do they grow well? Do they handle stress? Do they handle um, problems? How long is the flower time? A lot of people don't get the opportunity to flower out a male plant. We only get to let it go long enough to see that it's a male, and then we cut it down. I've got a space dedicated to male plants. I'll put multiple multiple male plants in a room and flower them all out at one time and see who does the best, just like we do a pheno hunt for female plants. That's what I would recommend. Grow your plants, isolate the males, take notes, number them, plant one, plant two, and then take notes. Plant number one is doing this, plant number two is doing this. You can visually see most of the things you want to see as a breeder. Once you've gotten the eye, you can see like, oh, that's the one. You'll start noticing. So start paying attention to flower time. When you put the plant into flower, how does it react? Does it go into flower quickly? Does it take a while to go into flower? Does it skyrocket and stretch the minute you put it into flower? How long is that stretch phase? Some plants stretch for 14 days. Some plants stretch for four weeks. It just depends on what kind of genetics you've got there. Find a male plant that has the acceptable amount and time frame of stretch, which you are looking for, because that's going to translate heavily into your offspring. Now let's talk about pollen time and pollen production. If you're making seeds, we obviously need pollen. How long does it take for that male plant to start producing viable pollen and enough of it to make it worth pollinating your garden? Some are really stingy. Some, they'll start putting out pollen really soon. You've got to find the one that produces at the time you want and the amount of pollen which you desire. Something I like in a male plant is a big fat top cola. That just tells me that it's gonna send fat tops to its offspring. If you can get a male plant that produces a lot of fat tops, that's always a good thing. I like those big fat tops. Those male plants give me a lot of pollen. So what does the top cola look like? How is it shaped? How many colas does it have? How does it branch up? Does it all one big top cola or a bunch of colas that reach up to the top? What are you looking for the offspring to do? Because that is going to translate heavily into the progeny of this plant. Now, how does the male plant handle drought stress, flood stress, nutrient stress? I want to plant, I want to stress these plants out and see what they do under pressure. How do they handle problems? Do they take problems and stress well? Because that is going to translate heavily into the offspring. If you've got the opportunity to put these male plants in an environment in which you know is uh, pr uh, prone to get powdery mildew, throw those plants in there. See if they get PM. See how they react to it. If they don't, definitely breed with those male plants. You want those males that give you resistance. A lot of that resistance and health and vigor will come from your male plant. So stress them out. Give them cold stress. Give them heat stress. Give them drought stress. Uh, give them overwatering stress. Overfeed them. Underfeed them. See what they do. See how they react. If they peter out and just fall apart and die on you, don't fuck with that male plant. That's weak. We don't need that dude in the garden. Our whole entire goal, well, one of our goals, uh, a very important goal, should be to improve upon the cannabis plant. When we're taking plant A and plant B and breeding them, we need it to come out, I would expect and hope it to come out better than plants A and B. We need plant C to be better. If not, then we're just going back in the line of cannabis. If you're not improving on it some way, you're not doing the plant any service. You're not doing yourself justice as a breeder. One of the hardest things is to admit and realize that you just made a bunch of seeds that are mediocre. I'm getting off track, but 
Um, think about plant stress. Think about stressing these plants out and see how they react before we breed with them. Like I said, if you put that male plant in an area that gets powdery mildew all the time and this male plant doesn't get it, that is a great candidate for pollen chucking. Use that male. Where do we go from there? Color. Does your male plant put out color? A lot of people will find male plants that as they start to fade, here's why we got to grow them out like eight, nine, maybe even 10 weeks of flower on a male plant. See if it starts changing colors. Does it get yellows? Does it get purples? Does it get oranges? Sometimes they'll put out those real pretty red colors. Those plants that put out those colors will pass that trait along to the progeny. So pay attention to that trait. What about trichomes? Is your male plant putting out trichomes? If that bad dog is putting out trichomes, then it will definitely pass on potency as a trait in the future. So check that out. Um, then does that male plant have any special traits, positive or negative? Uh, because those things will appear in the offspring. If that plant has a problem, if it's pissing you off because of this one reason, don't breed with it because that one reason will be, what's it called, uh, exacerbated. It will be exponentially displayed in the progeny. So don't use that one if it's already pissing you off. If it's doing something that you go, oh, that's rad. I like this plant. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what breeding is about. You're supposed to be drawn to it, attracted to it, and want to reproduce with it. It's weird that we're looking at a plant and getting that feeling, but it is the right idea. You go, oh, that plant right there, bro. I want to pollinate that one with King Solomon. That's going to be awesome. That's the excitement that I feel when I see the right male plant or the right female plant for a breeding project. So pay attention to that. You'll get that feeling inside. Don't breed with the plant just because you, you can. It's not best practices to breed with the male plant just because you've got it, just because somebody gave me a male plant, just because I have some pollen. That doesn't mean you have to breed with it. Breeding should be about selection. Selection should be a very important part of your breeding. Um, I consider it like, um, sure, you could let somebody else pick out the pollen, but that's just like somebody sending you sperm and you making babies with it. Like, how the fuck do I know what's going to come out? Like, who knows? I'd like to do a little bit of selection in that process. It means a lot to me. I'm going to have to deal with the progeny forever. So why don't I do a little bit of selection? So color, trichomes, special traits. Uh, another thing I want to touch on is I usually do not use the first male plants to show me that they are male and to go into flower and start producing pollen. Let me explain that a little bit. Let's hypothetically say I run a batch of seeds. We don't need a number. We're going to say a batch. I've got plenty of seeds, right? Half of those are going to be females. They're going to go to another room. Half of them are going to be males. We're putting them in our project right here. Some of those plants are going to start showing that they're male even before we put them into flower. Those are getting cold. I don't want those. Then when they go into flower, it's going to take about 14 days for most of them to show me that they're dudes. But some of them are going to start popping balls early. I don't want to use the male plants that start popping balls and showing sex too early because in my opinion, those plants are going to contribute too much of themselves to my breeding project. What I mean is when I breed that male plant to a female plant, I'm not going to see enough of the female plant in the progeny to make it worth a breeding project. It's going to be just reproducing that male plant more often than not out of that, uh, the progeny, the offspring of that breeding project. So I like to find a male plant. Kind of my theory, my opinion is that that plant has just got too much, uh, too much testosterone. He's just too much of a beefcake. He's a gym rat. Anything he breeds to all the kids are going to look just like him. We all know this guy. He's got fucking six kids. They all look just like him. We want to do it to where uh, the, the the breeding looks a little bit like mommy and a little bit like daddy. I hope for 50-50 in the mix when I do breeding, because if not, then I'm just recreating the female or recreating the male. So 
What I'm saying is I don't like to use the male plants that express flower and start showing their flower and showing their sex right away. If I've got, I said I wasn't going to pick a number, now I'm going to pick a number. If I've got 10 of them, I probably get rid of the first three right away. The first three to show me flower, not going to use them. Then we're going to work with that four, five, and six. Those guys are probably going to be the ones I use. The later plants to show me flower, I don't want those for the exact opposite reason. They're going to make my offspring take way too long to flower. So I want those plants that are right in the middle that show me good traits, that show me good potential. Now, something else people are doing, we are using uh, sex testing through labs. Through the lab, you can actually take a clipping of your leaf. There's just a little tiny, like a, a hole punch of a leaf, and you can send that to a lab, and they can test that sample for the presence of cannabinoid precursors. If you're able to send your male plants to a lab, and they can tell you that that male plant has a high opportunity, a high potential for cannabinoids, use that bad dog. That is a great way to do some breeding selection. I always, like I said before, like to see the plants touch the plants, rub them, feel them, smell them, abuse them. That's the way I like to do breeding selection. So uh, don't use those earlier flowering males because that's going to transfer into the offspring. They're going to flower too quickly and they are also going to be too beefcakey, too much of that male. I wouldn't want to do that. Now, at least half of your offspring is going to show uh, the male traits. So keep that in mind when you are selecting whatever you're going to add that male to at least 50% will be if we do this correctly, hopefully, at least 50% of that is going to be displayed in the offspring. So whatever you're adding to that mix is going to show. So make it a good male plant, make it something worthwhile, something you'd be proud of. Like I said a moment ago, don't just take a male plant because one of your friends has a male. That may work, maybe. It could be cool. You may make some gems, but you may make some complete garbage. It's all about selecting that male. If that male gets your attention, if it's what you want, do it. But if it's growing weird, if it's wonky, if it's got problems, get rid of it because that is going to cause you more problems down the line. Now let's get into the fun part. The only way to really tell what we have created with these male plants is by growing out the seeds that they were used to make. So the only way to find out if your male plant was really a good selection is to pollinate multiple females with that plant. In my opinion, you need to pollinate multiple females because if you just pollinate one plant and it works, that could be an anomaly. That could be uh, that could be a hit. That could be a fluke. If you pollinate multiple plants and they are all great, all of the offspring come out amazing, you did a really good selection job. If 50% of them are great, you did a pretty good selection job. But the first time you do this, you just want to see what you created and see how your selection process worked. It took a long time. You got male plants. You got multiple female plants. You took your favorite male plant out of the group. You pollinated those girls. Now it's going to take you about eight, maybe nine weeks to get those seeds. Got to get the seeds out, get everything cleaned up. Now we've got to germinate and grow a bunch of seeds, keep them separated, keep them numbered and labeled, document the growth and see what you've created. That is the fun part. That is where we see, did we choose the correct male? What does that male give to the mix? Look at the traits of that male plant. Look at the traits of your female plants, which you have pollinated. Now grow out those seeds and try to identify this plant is doing this. This trait is from the mom. This trait is from the male. Now grow out the other one. This trait is from the mom. This trait is from the male. Try to see what that male is delivering across the board to multiple crosses. Then you've got good feedback, good data, good input on what that dude is actually delivering in the mix, what he's uh, adding to the progeny, what he's doing to the breeding, what you're contributing to your breeding project. That is the only way to do it. But that is the funnest part. So breed, make a bunch of seeds, then grow them out. 
if you, hopefully you kept a clone of that male, because if you like what you did, now you know you've got a solid male, you can make a bunch more seeds. When you make more of your favorites out of that first batch, replace the plants you didn't like the outcome of and put new bad bitches in there, pollinate those, test those. That is kind of the way that I got my start with King Solomon, pollinated some things, grew them. I thought, this is fucking amazing sent those out, let friends grow them. While they were growing them, I pollinated more shit to find out if I had a real stud on my hands or if I just hit one out of the park accidentally. It turns out King Solomon is a fucking stud. Everything he pollinates uh, grows with more vigor. It creates more resin, uh, more potency. It just solves all of the problems. I call King Solomon the problem solver, the improver, and the fixer of most things. Uh, Where are we now? If you grow out those plants and you find out that that male didn't do what you wanted it to do, guess what? Start over. It's not that big a deal. If you're not relying on it, if this is not your business, and it should not be your business yet, that's something we should touch on. If you haven't been making seeds and testing seeds and doing this, don't jump in this as a business. Uh, Your first run of seeds is a hobby. This is an experiment. How do you know that you've even made anything good? Don't put your name on this yet until you grow it. So if the first round isn't good, Fucking give those seeds away, give them to the birds, flush them, or let your friends grow them for free, but don't charge them for them and let them know, hey, these are kind of some B-grade seeds, but they're free. People don't mind free shit if it's kind of B-grade. All right, where are we? Don't be stubborn. Have some goals and some standards. Only you know if you have met your goals and if you are accepting your standards. Write down some goals, write down some plans, write down some predictions. See if you're meeting your goals. See if you are correct with your hypothesis when it comes to growing out your progeny. Where are we? There's more to go. A lot of people are intimidated by breeding. A lot of people think that they've got to have some gigantic space for breeding. You can do a lot of work in a very small space. You can grow plants out and find a male uh, in one gallon pots. You could do it in a cup if you really wanted. Sprout your seed, grow it till it's, uh, what's that, four or five, maybe six inches tall, put it into flower. They'll go into flower in like 14 days. You could find out if you've got boys or girls at that point. At that point, you can choose if you want to put them back into veg or you can keep flowering them. You can re-veg them when you're done. We've talked about this before. You do not need a lot of space to make seeds. Once you've got a male selected, you can put a couple of females or one female in a one-gallon pot. And you can put that male plant in a one-gallon pot, put them in a very small two-by-two room with a very small light, put them into flower. They'll make seeds very easily, very naturally. You don't need a lot of space. It doesn't take a lot of setup. As long as you don't get the pollen to the plants you don't want seeded, that is the main concern. I would uh, I stagger my crops. If I'm breeding in a small space, Uh, the pollen crop is happening. The next crop is in veg. That way I don't pollinate my uh, seedless, my scentsy crop. My smoke crop doesn't get seeded because I just simply stagger them. So you can make a little two by two space, put two plants in there, put them on a date, bro. Let them do their thing. Make some seeds. You don't need all of the space that people assume they need. I think that wraps up. Oh, I was going to say father plants, male plants kind of make the breeder. Uh, We all know that I'm known for, maybe we don't all know, and we do by now. I am known for the King Solomon male. Uh, Subcool was known for his Jack the Ripper male. A lot of people are just known for their very popular male plants. That's kind of what sets the breeders apart. That's kind of what makes their standards. Uh, I know that seedsherenow.com will not sell your seeds if you just took, like, so if you were to buy a pack of Arise and just use my Arise male and pollinate a bunch of shit, James Bean won't accept you as a vendor. You actually have to take my Arise and breed it to something and then pull your own mail out of there. You've got to do a little bit of work is what we call it. So make your own mail, find your own mail plant. Don't just, you can, but don't just accept pollen or mail plants as gifts from people. I think it's very important to do a thorough selection process for a mail plant. 
All right. I think that is my lesson on male plants. I wanted to do that because in the future, we're going to talk about reversing a male plant. I did the episode on reversing females. A lot of people said, hey, can you do this to a boy? You absolutely can. That is a full other podcast. Stay tuned. That will be coming in the very near future. This is a subtle reminder for all you potheads out there. Mother's Day is coming Sunday. This episode will come out on Thursday. Sunday is Mother's Day. So if you got someone to get some flowers for, someone to give some thanks to, this is a fair warning from your stoner friend. Mother's Day is coming. You guys don't forget mama. All right, that is all I've got for you for this episode. Let's start wrapping this up. Uh, If you feel like this episode was educational, informative, or entertaining, maybe you just like to support the show, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. Also, don't forget about the new Discord server. There is an updated link in the show notes and the video description. By the time this episode comes out, I should have corrected the link on the website at iregenetics.com. That's right. Anything else you could think of is on my website, iregenetics.com. There are links to seed vendors. There's a link to the podcast. There's a link to merchandise. There's a link to the Discord. It's all there on the website. If it's not there and you need it, let me know. We will add a link ASAP. All right, that is all I've got for you for this episode. I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy Pro Brewer Home Grower. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me.